an unsurpassed, penetrating, and perfect dharma is rarely met with, even in a hundred thousand million kalpas, having it to see and listen to, to remember and accept, I vow to taste the truth of the Tathagata's words. Good morning. I was going to talk about a wonderful quote from Rudolf Nureyev today, but this is not an and, and this is definitely a but. I feel like I need to talk about Tyree Nichols, though I don't know what words are supposed to do. I watched the video yesterday. I felt like I owed it to him to watch it once his family wanted us to see it. And it's tremendously upsetting, as you probably know. I don't know if any of you saw any part of it. I wanted to say, want to say, words matter. The pundits are always saying that these days about Donald Trump and so on, and people getting hurt by Paul Pelosi. As a result, it did matter. But what, one of the things that struck me was the name of the police unit that did that to him. They're called, they were called the Scorpion. The Scorpion. What kind of a name is that for people who are supposed to protect and serve? You know, it's like the name of some war battle unit, scorpion. How would you like to have a scorpion in your community? And somehow, I don't know, but how did we let that happen? That the, that the police became militarized, that they became warriors. I think they're victims also. People of color, and especially black people, are victims of this kind of mentality. And we all are. And the police are. What does that do to you? We see what it does to you. When you think of yourself as a warrior, and then who are you fighting? You think you're just fighting criminals? Seems like we all become criminals. It's a deep us versus them mentality. I don't know if, you know, here I am, a white woman, educated and privileged, and I've confronted police here and there, asked them questions about what they were doing, and I've gotten a response that's very hostile and frightening. Dolores Huerta used to remind us. Does everybody know who Dolores Huerta is? She co-founded the Farm Workers Union with Cesar Chavez. And she's uh, very politically active even now. At any rate, she used to remind us when I worked for the UFW that to, just to keep remembering that we pay their salaries, they work for us because it's so easy to be intimidated. Of course, it's so easy, particularly easy for 
farmer was to be intimidated. And that was in the that was in the 70s that I knew her. And it's only gotten worse, this us them, this warrior mentality. And I think part of practice is opening your eyes and seeing clearly. And not separating us. So I say, how did we get here? I mean, I didn't vote for this. I wasn't too happy with defund the police as a slogan, but I think some of the ideas made sense. There was a question on the, one of the teacher's listservs recently about what do you do if somebody comes in and they're very obviously high on something, maybe crack, and they're uh, disruptive. And there were various responses, and um, some people say you call the cops. And the guy who asked the initial question had said that he was hesitant to call the police. And I wrote and reinforced that, that it's not, shouldn't be the first thing you do, unless somebody, there's an actual threat. And that if it's a black person, if you find you must call the police, then you keep, you stay with them and you be a witness just in case and you be ready to film if you need to. That's a useful question. Why are we afraid to call the police? If it's a person, it was a person of color. Years ago, some friends of mine in uh, Oregon uh, had a problem with a member of the Sangha who anyway had PTSD and was having a breakdown and was uh, holed up in their the Sangha's bar, I guess, or something, with a gun. They, they called me. <laughs> and at that point I said, you call the police, but you know, explain and, and be there so it doesn't escalate more than it. So Ready, maybe they bring in. They are, they do have people trained in such situations to escalate. But they didn't, you know, they didn't want to call the police because they were afraid it would immediately go to a shootout. And that's not crazy on their part. I think that the soldier, the woman was uh, white, I'm not sure about that. Some of why the police are so militarized is that they're getting military equipment. Or they're getting military equipment because they're militarized. I'm not sure whether it's a surplus army, armored vehicles. Somebody thought that was a good idea. Anything like base, how do we get here? It's greed, hate, and delusion, the three poisons that make the world go around. I notice that fear is not in that list. And Rev once said, uh, I never really pursued it with him, but he once said that fear is not a dharma. And of course, he didn't mean it's, since everything is a dharma, he didn't mean it that way, but, but I think he meant it's not one of the basic. So it's not creating a delusion. 
whatever event, okay, but, or and, maybe. Um, fear, I think, underlies our expressions of those things. It's fear that leads to greed, hate, and delusion. Fear of not having enough. Fear of vulnerability. Fear of death. And the delusion that we're separate. The delusion that there's us and them, me and you. I think it's fear triggers those things. Those things are right there. But there's a fear underneath. And this country is gripped by fear, by separation, by us and them, what we call partisanship. And Tyree Nichols was a victim of that. As are we all. As are those five black officers. I don't know if you saw or heard what his mother said. She said that she would pray for them. She said that they had brought shame on their families and on themselves. How did they come to aspire to be in an elite unit called Scorpion? What were they afraid of? Listening to their voices when they were beating them up at the second stop. Well, also when they were grabbing them out of the car. They do sound scared. They sound hysterical, actually. They sound so far gone that they couldn't hear him. He, that first stop sounded to me like he was trying to comply. And he, he was trying to de-escalate the situation. But they were so far gone. I don't think they could hear it. They couldn't respond when they were so into their warrior mode that it didn't matter what he said or did. Or maybe if he simply laid spread eagle on the ground and put his hands behind his back immediately, maybe that would have assuaged them. I don't know. The fear. I was getting off the freeway the other day uh, the, the Tennessee exit coming from the north and uh, there was a cop car there with its lights on and in front of it there was another car and the cop was saying, I don't know recently actually, he was saying, keep going, you can't stop right here because they were just stuck right at the exit and go around them. And the cop's voice was really full of fear. And I thought about stopping and just being there, but just said, okay, my voice. So I don't know what happened. And I don't know why he stopped. I don't know anything about it except they were stopped and the cop was telling him to keep going. And the guy did not keep going immediately, but then I was passing this But I just am haunted by the cop's voice. If you're feeling, are you scared because this is a 
terrible place to be stopped. Or are you scared because you're stopping a person of color, because it wasn't the driver of the person of color, wasn't pursued? I don't know. They talked about on one of the MSNBC shows, some expert in policing, whatever, talked about it. They, they have lots of training nowadays about de-escalation and, I don't know, implicit bias maybe, I don't know at all. But then they graduate from academy and they go out and they're part of, say, a small group and they have like a training sergeant or some senior cop that's training them on the street. And then they get the whole, this is the real scoop, you know, and they get, they get trained in us versus them. They get trained in, you can't trust anybody, you never know when they're going to have a gun. They get trained in fear. And I think anger and delusion. Remember Hill Street Blues? That was a long time ago. It's a great show. But every time they'd have a squad meeting uh, at the beginning of the shift, and the, the lieutenant would say, as they were breaking up, he'd say, um, be safe out there. And it is, I would imagine it is scary. When police, there are lots of different jobs, you know, they have a much higher rate of dying from your work than police do. But they're in that sort of harm's way, you know, and I think a lot of other things, there may be more accidents they're getting shot at. So how we got here is complicated and I'm not going to try to answer it now and it depends on your point of view. It's just, it's, but it, and it's useful to to have it as a question and to remember, to start to remember how frightened people are. And I think that's good. I think we should. I think I think that's a projection that's accurate. You know, I, I often say to myself, especially but to, and to others, you, know, you never know exactly how somebody else is feeling. You don't say, I'm sure you feel blah, 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 because you don't know. And it's, it's that not knowing is extremely useful. <clears throat> but there is a tremendous amount of fear in our culture now. And a lot of it is white fear of becoming a minority. And it is working class fear of becoming irrelevant and or having your jobs taken by um, the hordes of Mexican rapists coming across the border. And of course some of that fear is stoked by the greed of those in power who are afraid of losing their job or losing their power, losing whatever the money that comes in from them. For right now, I think it's important to just be with this horrific event.
that happened to an actual person. I heard myself say event, and I thought, oh, sorry, diary, now you're an event of this murder. Maybe you're stunned. I know I am. And then there's grieving and anger and questions. There were some white pops there. They didn't get fired. I think they got suspended somehow or something. So I need to be patient with being stunned. I need to feel the grief and anger and, I don't know, confusion. I don't know. Confusion. Not act on it, just feel it. And then do whatever I feel is appropriate to do in terms of, I don't know, political stuff or demonstrations or... But first, I stay right here and hold Tyree and his family in my heart. Thanks. Does anybody want to say anything to or about Tyree or about whatever? Yes, Zach. I get a um, morning email blog kind of thing on some woman who comments on politics and stuff. And she wrote about him and how he was a worked for FedEx, and he was a photographer. And there was a link to his photos, and and I felt like a bond with him, because we're both sort of photo enthusiasts, and his photos were really nice, and a lot of them were of the community. Um, I think pictures of things he thought were either interesting or beautiful. Or there's a bridge in Memphis, I forget what it's called, the something bridge, the sundown, and pictures of people. And it just made them more real. Like, here's a person who found beauty in his city and um, took photos of them. And uh, He's not just a name or a, a guy who was in the wrong place at the wrong time. It was, there was a person there. He was on the way home from taking pictures. He used to go out to a park, I forget the name of it, but and, and take pictures of, often of the sunset. Or just yeah. there. There's a lot of sunset photos. Yeah. And a skateboarder. So, I took it twice at Tinubik Force at Kaiser. It was a it was a trauma class, and um, we weren't there to rehash traumas. You know, we were there to learn about the impact on our brains and our bodies uh, when we experience trauma or when we're triggered. And you know, um, trauma is triggered. Um, what happens is a hijacking of our ability to basically a hijacking of our executive functioning ability to really reason and be logical. And I was thinking about the story of the police and the hysteric, the hysteria in their voice. And, you know, it, uh, I, can, I can understand and have compassion that they weren't intentionally doing this. It's probably a much, just they're hijacked in that moment and not even aware of that. And um, 
uh, it, I think it would be very useful if people could understand the impacts of trauma. And to be a police officer repeatedly in a moment, in moments of potential trauma or uh, dangerous situation. And um, uh, I'm sure they don't get training on that. And if they do, it's probably not repeat training, but it'd be very useful to understand the impacts on us when it comes to being traumatized or uh, you know, if you're the driver of that car and the cop comes up and you've had a previous experience being triggered just by the cop, cop, cop lights it kicks you into a moment of like fear and like you know so anyway basically that yeah, I, I hear you Jody and I agree with it to some extent however I also think that Police nowadays are trained to do what they did. In other words, you have to get control of the, the, the subject. And there's a there one of the unwritten rules is if you make me run to, to catch you, if you make me run, you're gonna get beat up. And so that's how they see their job. They don't see not not everybody, who knows, but it's like they don't see anything wrong with that. And nowadays things are getting filmed more, but they they get away with that kind of behavior, not just killing people too often. Maybe they do, but it, but there's some there's something different. And of course, I mean, you know, the black parents have to have this horrible conversation with their kids, especially boys, but also girls, about what to expect out there and how to be when the cops stop you. You know, you keep your hands in sight. You say, yes, sir, no, sir. You do what they want. Do whatever they want, or you might die. And not, my sense is that he was trying to do whatever they wanted, and he still did. But, um, I mean, we don't know what happened right before the, the video that I saw. It mean, starts when they're grabbing him out of the car, and I don't know if there was some exchange before they grabbed him out of the car. Um, I don't know. I mean, he was saying, "Well, what, what, what do you, what do, you, what did you stop before?" So, I mean, he was. I don't remember, but his voice sounded kind of calm, and he's questioning. And the next thing is they're screaming at him and jerking him out of the car. I don't know. But yes, I'm sure they are afraid and that they do get triggered. Yeah, Kate? Thank you. And uh, for me, it's really important, first off, to um, not turn away, like you said, from that kind of horrible encounter and I was so pleased to hear Zach talk about Tyree's photographs that that's useful and I know when Sonny who was in law enforcement sees something like this he's horrified um, because that was not his training and so so I don't know you know, I don't know. It, it, it was also Memphis. Uh, and I mean, I think there are different places where where things are more troubled. But I remember when George Floyd was murdered, um, one of the 
yeah, I, I think there was a list about 75 things you can do to support black people. And, uh, and, and one of them was check and see if your local department has de-escalation training and when was the last time they did it and so those kind of things are useful for me i mean i you know i'm in port towns in washington which is not a you know hotbed of violence and and uh but we do and you know most of the issues in our city are mental health and we've got a police log every week in the paper and it's all about drugs because in these backwoods is a great place to cook meth, apparently. Um, but there's a lot of drugs which bring a lot of violence. So, um, so I was, that just came to mind, you know, is, is there are things we can do to, as citizens, to check up on our local folks and um, to know, well, just from knowing Sunny, I know all cops don't have that kind of training. He he's he was mortified at both of these things, and and um, and I have also seen him be triggered, um, and and just from looking at files at work. So um, so I. I think it's important to watch the video once and not over and over again, because I think that's re a way of re-traumatizing everyone. Um, so that's important, important for me in, in order to be able to hold it. And um, I always appreciate that you speak to these things. Um, in your Dharma talks, because I think we all saw it yesterday. And, you know, I saw it during the day, Sunny saw it during the day, and then we usually sit down and watch some version of the evening news. And of course, the first story was that. The next one was Paul Pelosi getting hammered. And the third one was about a mur the guy in South Carolina who murdered his son. And, and we thought, Let's not watch this. No, we chose to not watch it again. Um, and so I think for me, it's a way of how do I, what are, what are the skillful means, uh, you know, and, and also this week, the 1619 project launched on, on Hulu. So I would encourage everyone to, if you can watch it, um, we just watched the first episode, but um, I mean, where we're at is where we were at when <laughs> after reconstruction it feels like so um so how can we do it differently um that's it thank you uh, kelly um I, i'm just reminded because in the discussion about fear and i i agree i think fear is the the root of this um Heather and I went and saw, um, I swear this is related, we went and saw Esperanza Spalding on Thursday, amazing jazz singer and bass player. Uh, and she, um, 
she would do these songs and she would sing and then it would turn into like her doing almost beat poetry and then it would turn those would turn back into songs one of the most amazing things I've ever seen but she um, she was discussed fear as part of that and the way maybe this is a common thing but I'd never heard it before the way that she described it was uh, as an acronym for uh, uh, false evidence appearing real and I thought and that just hit me I was like that is it that that is that is a lot of fear is us believing or interpreting something we see as real um, that is very likely not and um, I was just thinking about that when, when you were talking and saying well that sounds like delusion to me <laughs> So, so maybe we can put fear back in the, the Dharma pocket there. But I, I do know, like, I, I work with police. Um, and um, for the most part, it's fine. Like, I, I see them every day. Um, and yet, we were driving to Oregon uh, around New Year's. And Heather was speeding. And we got pulled over. Uh, fair enough. And, and we knew why. We knew we were speeding. And both of us, and, and the officer was very nice, um, didn't give us a ticket, let us off. No, no problem at all. And both of us described after we left as being trembling and covered in sweat. Like our reaction was so palpable. We were so afraid of this authority figure approaching our car. No, no reason to be. Like the, the it, it it wasn't it wasn't an unmotivated stop. We knew why it had been stopped. It was fair, um, but there was something ab about the evidence of what was going on that it was going to be worse than it actually, very logically, ended up being. So I don't know. I just uh, that really stuck with me. This idea of fear just being based around false evidence appearing real. Anybody else? Uh, Lisa. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna add. You know, I was working all day yesterday. Actually, Thursday, Thursday through Thursday and Friday, I had like back to back, really intense days. So I didn't, I didn't hear about it. And I was kind of, as you were doing the talk, I was like, oh no, another. <laughs> and my literally, what popped into my head is like, wait a minute, I'm just getting over the like mass shootings on last week, like that were in California. So it's also like, it's just so much violence. And I just wanted, I just, I guess my response was to Kate, like, yeah, there is kind of a need to know how do I, how much, how to just negotiate with all of this. Like, I, I, I know I need to, you know, be open to the feelings around it, but it's also like, there's almost like at a certain point, I feel like I can't take another story about violence. Yeah. In our country. Yeah. It's just like, I haven't even processed the mass shooting that was like in my neighborhood a few days ago. And now there's another story. Yeah. 
He was he was killed uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually, but it took a little while for them to put the put the video out. It was partly you know first they suspended those guys and then they um, fired them and then they charged them with murder and that took a little bit of time. The family had an autopsy done. It's been sort of working up to this for weeks. Keep breathing, Lisa. And take care of yourself, you know. If you can't stand it, don't look. But if you can, please look one time. Okay, once, once is enough. Beings are numberless, I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible, I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless, I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable, I vow to become it. Beings are numberless, I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become it. Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to Humans are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become.